Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Hi, this is John Dugan, Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Keep mashing. episode of Moose's Monster Mash. I'm your host, Moose. This month, we have a very special guest, and it's a very special episode because it's a you know promotional episode for Grand Comic Fest in Grand Island, Nebraska, the weekend of April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And joining me this month is somebody who, he's, he's definitely done the a, a wide array of things, whether it be, you know, a, a personal stunt double for somebody that we'll get into here in a little bit, or, you know, appear uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean, or, oh, I, I don't know, portray, you know, one of the most iconic uh, killers on screen from, say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Let, let's, let, let's not put it off any longer. Please welcome Leatherface himself. Bob Elmore. What's going on? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? So, I, I guess the first question, aside from, you know, how how you doing, because it seems like an easy one. Well, let's start there. How you doing? Well, I'm doing really good. Um, I'm having a great time. Uh, I'm retired now. Uh, my wife and I, we travel. In fact, we're getting ready to go to uh, Cancun for a while. And we like to cruise, and uh, so that's what we do. We really don't do anything else but kind of that. We, uh, we're slowing down a little bit because we're getting a little old, but that's okay. <laughs> I look forward to those days. Absolutely. Um, so, where did the uh, stunt doubling start? Well, just stunts in general. Where did that stem from? Because, I mean, you have to admit that that kind of takes... A uh, th- th- that takes a special class of person to want to be a stunt, uh, a, a, a stunt person in general. Well, you know that's probably other than acting one of the st- hardest professions to get into and make a living at it. So hard to do. But I started out at a amusement park in California called Mott's Berry Farm, and we did the Wild West stunt show. So we were doing that, that at street shows, that on the asphalt, and, on, and we were on stage. And got to do a commercial for Knots, and I got my Screen Actors Guild card out of that. Now, I got my card, and I didn't get a job. It was two and a half years later that I got my first. Uh, it played a part, of all things. I had a full beard, and and I had hair then. And uh, it was a Remington Steel, and it was a two-day job, so it was a lot of money back then. And 
that's how I got into the business. But it, in the two and a half years I, I studied, I took jujitsu. I took jujitsu for like ten years to learn how to fall on the hard, hard ground or concrete without telling myself. I did that, and then you know, we rode bikes. We drove our cars on assault lake to do car drags and uh, horses and rappelling and just everything else, and always practicing the uh, movie fights. So by the time I got a job, I knew what I was doing, and uh, it took all that prep in order to do that. And uh, eventually, I got into uh, I played myself a lot. You know, I was always a, a big guy who got killed or beat up every single time. It's insane. I mean, how's your body these days? Everything you do as a, in your younger years, everything, eventually catches up to you, and, and it has. I mean, I, I've had one back operation. I think I'm going in for another one. Uh, I have arthritis, tendonitis, bursitis everywhere in my body. And, but, you know, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I have a nice retirement for them, which, again, like I said, it's, it's hard to make a living. It's even harder to get a retirement. So I, I did pretty well. And uh, uh, I'm happy with what I did. But I threw it over, probably yes. You know, almost got killed a couple times, but that was uh, that's all part of the job. That's what you're there for. And I got to meet a lot of different – I've been all over the place, all over the world. and met so many people. Uh the love of my life, Maureen O'Hara. I, I fell in love with her when I was doing, I was done with John Candy on a movie called Only the Lonely. And um, stuff like that that you just would never do in, an or, in your ordinary life. It's uh, it's very unusual, but uh, it's so gratifying. And, uh, and I got into that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, on Friday night, they're doing a film there. And uh, I think it's Baseballs. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was my first job I did for a double John Candy on that. And then I went off from there. No kidding. I did all kinds. I mean, I just, all kinds. I did six movies for John. I doubled Paul Servino in movies and television series. Uh, John Goodman, uh, Mike Starr. Oh, gosh. Who else? And then, like I said, I played myself. I was the Executioner Pirates, Pirates 1 and 3, which, uh, you know, me and Johnny Depp. You know, I say, yeah, you got to hang, you, you got to hang Johnny Depp. <laughs> I got to hang out with him. And we would be, uh, you know, BSing with each other and get yelled at because we're supposed to be paying, paying attention to what's going on. You know, I was like, okay, so and then that I got a nice little fight with him, and then Orlando Bloom, and uh, again, so many different people. Uh, did a movie with Dublin John called uh, what was it called? Nothing but trouble. And it was Dan Aykroyd was uh, played a character and uh, directed the movie. And it was so bad, but you know another, you know it did what he had to do. And uh, but uh, John's part, he had two parts. He was a brother and a sister. And John got dressed up as uh, the bride. And he, I get a call and says, you got to come down to Universal. And, and I said, okay. So I showed up. He goes, here, we're going to do this. I'm going to put you in the movie. And he had to get dressed as a bridesmaid. And, I mean, through the whole thing. Universal's wardrobe, makeup and hair, and so on and so forth. And I uh, called my late wife at the time. And I, uh, I said, hey, you got to come down here with the kids and see this. You're not going to believe it. And they did. And my son knew my voice, but he didn't know who I was. So I was just like this ugly lady 
And we took a picture. Yeah, so a one-of-a-kind picture. It was on two copies of me. One was for John and one was for myself. And it's him and myself and my three kids who are standing there. My oldest daughter is holding John's bouquet. My middle daughter was holding my bouquet. And my poor little son, you see the look on his face. It's like he doesn't know what's going on whatsoever. So that's a very, very <laughs> neat, unique thing that we had to do. One of the things I had to do for him. Oh, man. I was an ugly woman. And I could sit and of pictures of my, uh, my aunt. And, uh, well, that's what, that's what it looks like. You too? <laughs> I, I dressed up as a woman a couple years for Halloween, and I was looking at him, and, yeah, I, I look like my aunt. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm, when I was had my height, I think I'm shrinking a little bit. But I was almost 6'3", uh, you know, 285. Uh, very, very strong, very quick. That's why I got so much work, because I was really quick being so big, but... Uh, got this, I'm looking at well, my parents were, my dad I think was 5'8", my mom was 5'2", or something like that, and I kept saying I mean, you guys adopted me, you can tell me I can take it, <laughs> no problem and found these old pictures and there's my, there I am, my two aunts you know, and one of them's name was Pertha of all things and uh, I go, okay, nice to see it yeah. What was it like uh doubling on, because you said Spaceballs is the first time that you did uh, double work for John Candy. What what was that experience like? Oh, it was, uh, I was asked by the sub coordinator, and he goes, uh, can you do two doors are going to close from top, you know, from the top and from the bottom, come up and close. He goes, can you run and do a forward roll on the other side? I go, oh, yeah, I think so. So I went down the, the old MGM and uh, they had this thing is they had me go over these chairs. I did a forward roll and pop back up on my feet. And the guy goes, "Great, you're great." Well, I went in and now I go into makeup and it's uh, there's John Candy sitting in the chair and they got me made up and we look so much alike that I'd be standing around the set. Somebody come up to me and start talking to me like it was John. Then I have to stop and say, "Hey, I'm not John. I'm Bob. I'm his double." So, blah, blah, blah. Now, uh, get on uh, get on the show, we start working, and Mel Brooks is the director. Uh, and one of the things I had to do was I had to carry all this luggage up a ladder. They were going from uh, Vespa's tip uh, to the Winnebago. And he goes, I'll go halfway up, turn around and give this line. He told me the line. I said, okay. So now, in front of everybody, and, you know, everybody was there. And I go up, I turn, I face the camera, and they go, and I go, the line was, you don't smell farts in space. <laughs> so I finished it up, came back down, and, uh, and Mel Brooks, he goes, Bob, it's a good thing you're a stuntman because you'd never make it as an actor. I, <laughs> you know, I go, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, make sure the check's good. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Unbelievable, but he was such a nice guy. He was so nice. He took my oldest daughter and took her around and introduced her to everybody. Uh, and he got to sit up, up front and uh, right by the camera, you know, as they were filming and all kinds of stuff like that. Again, another very unique opportunity that wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do any other time if I wasn't doing this kind of business. No, I mean, 
being John Candy's personal, you know, basically, you know, his personal stunt double for countless movies. I mean, that's that's a hell of a notch in your belt. Well, you know, very good. Uh, I did so much more for John than the stunt double. And he liked the fact because we were the same height and uh, our shoulders the same width with his shoulders. And I had to wear a belly pad because he was just really big. And uh, he hated to run. He couldn't run because his legs were so small. And he just hated it. You know, he carried a lot of weight. But uh, So I would do that. And uh, I was enough of a double that they could shoot behind me. And he didn't have to do it, which is fine by him, too. So it was a, you know, I, I did a good job. Uh, I had a good time, like I said. And, uh, I, you know, I did a movie with... Uh, Oh, what's the name? Crap. The Karate Guy. Shoot. Too many bullets to the head. Here he goes. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to remember later. I'll, I'll tell you about it then. Mm. We'll save it for the convention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to make some notes. Cause, you know, like I said, who knows how many concussions I've had because they didn't count them. They didn't, you know, you get a little dinger and you shake your head and you're down the road. Unless you were, you were breaking a bone or something, you didn't stop. You didn't, you know, you had to continue on. That's all part of, the, you know, part of the job. So, I just, like I said, I don't know. And again, I, all the stuff you do when you're young catches up to you. Oh, yeah. And uh, not that I'm really, really bad, but like that incident right there where I can't remember who uh, a certain person was. And uh, I mean, it'll come to me, but it takes a little bit to do that. But, you know, all in all, I do it all over again. Like I said. Oh, definitely. It's one of those where, you know, yeah, you're end of the day, you're battered and you're broken, but you you wouldn't uh, give it up for everything in the world. I mean. No, I mean, who can say that they were, you know, professional 30 or professional stuntman for almost 30 years? You know, and like I said, I have a nice retirement from the Screen Actors Guild. So uh, it's very nice. You know, I, I do grow well right now. What was your uh, favorite project to work on? Oh, you know, the most fun I had, and this was a candy movie, was uh, Who's Harry Crump? Who's Harry Crump? Uh, it was filmed in uh, Vancouver, Canada. And I, uh, that's the one I almost got killed on. But I had to do a... They made a rig out of... It was a old, the old-style loading ramp that you would go up into a jet. You know, and you'd walk up the stairs from the ground up. And the top of the stairs was about 45 or 50 feet, you know, from the bottom. And uh, the gag was to go underneath the wing, act like you got hit by the wing, and fall down the stairs. And that's okay. So we practiced this thing, you know, and uh, time of the shoot, I uh, I did it. And I did everything as 100%. So I got took the hit, threw myself backwards, hit the stairs one. I had one hit, and then I was down on the bottom. And the... Uh, Camera operator jumped out in front of it. Now, I almost, almost wrecked myself on the first one. So now I have to do take two. So I had a little talk with him. I told him that if you jump out in front of me, you know, again, so I'm going to take you around the corner there and beat the crap out of you. So take two, hit the hit, threw myself backwards, hit one time again, and landed right in front of the camera again. And that was it. So now I had the paramedics take me off to the side because I. I thought I broke my neck. And at the time where years and years and years later, taking x-rays, I had a doctor come up to me and says, hey, did you know you broke your neck? I go, no, you're kidding. He goes, oh, yeah, it's healed over.
there you go. Wow. It goes back to the just, you know, shake it off and keep walking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I broke my wrist on uh, Texas Chainsaw. So I had to work with a broken wrist for the whole movie. And I would well, do what I had to do, come back, put ice on it because it would swell up. And I did that until we were finished. Uh, so that one uh, was real. That was a lot of fun. And it was 110 degrees every day, 100% humidity every day, about 150 to 160 degrees on set, and they couldn't cool it down anymore. You know, so no. every breath that you took hurt. So that's what we were working under. You know, we were, and we as a set team, we worked seven days a week because we were going on Sunday and prep for Monday, so we didn't have to do it on Monday. So we had everything. You know, we were ahead of everybody. But, geez, man, we had people going out to find us underwear because we couldn't get our clothes washed. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, yeah. So let's jump into Texas Chainsaw. How'd you end up uh, landing Leatherface? Well, I went back as a stunt double for Bill Johnson. That's what I was going to do. And we did our uh, the opening scene on the bridge. I think that was one of the first things we did. And we did it once, no problem. And we went back and saw Dailies. And we had to go do it again because it was it was too dark. And so now we did that. That's why I broke my wrist. So now we're on, and we're doing a thing where uh, Leatherface needs to stretch. So Leatherface jumps kind of a two. Here's the crap out of stretch. And now we're in. Now we're going to run down the two. He's going to chase her. And I'm all done. I'm all done. Shoot, I'm ready to get out of there because it's so flipping hot. And I'm getting out, going back to the trailers, and I hear Bob, Bob, Bob. Come on back to set. So I have to go back to set. Okay. Oh, I'm going, well, I don't know what I did. So I'm always in trouble. So here we go. And they go, well, Bob, you got to do these, these, uh, these runs. I said, why? They go, this is close up on Leatherface. That's your guy. Well, Bill couldn't lift his chainsaw over his head. So I ended up doing that. And then I, uh, he got sick. So I ended up doing something else. And then he didn't like the violence of it. So again, I ended up doing 98% of the movie. He did two or three close-ups. was all Bill did in the whole thing. So I did Chainsaw Love, everything in the record studio, every, I mean, just everything all over. And he, had, yeah, like I said, he did like three close-ups. So 98% of the movie is me. Now I, he goes, and he told me before, he says, uh, I'm the credited actor. I said, yeah, you are. I go, but you didn't do anything. And if you think you did, you know, name him off and let's see. And he couldn't do it, wouldn't do it. So that's Bill. You know. So then uh, I ended up doing all that. I was working double contracts for weeks, and I made a lot of money. You know, that was uh, John Moyo was the stunt coordinator. He made them pay me, so I was acting. And again, like I said, I'm not an actor, so it was so hard to do. And I had everybody trying to help me get through all that. It's an insane story. And all Toby Hooper did was. Get- <laughs> It's crazy. But Dennis Hopper was a gem. He was such a nice guy. And he was still getting loaded every day. That's before he got cleaned up. But <laughs> he was just a nice guy. Yeah. I can talk about him because everybody's dead almost. <laughs> him and Toby Hooper, lunch, will go to Toby's trailer. And, you know, you've seen these scenes where, you know, somebody opens the door and smoke barrels out of it like this. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. That was every week, every, every lunch. They would come, you know, open the door, and they'd come out with a solid smelling smoke, and it'd be higher than guys. And that's what they did every day. 
Let's say I've I've heard similar <laughs> stories from a couple other people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's yeah, my, uh, my my favorite behind yeah, the scenes story. Of course, one day he took off. They had to go find him, come back because he was in a scene. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, that was before he got cleaned up. So now he got cleaned up after that. I mean, it was the seventies, eighties. You got to have yeah, fun, right? You know, every, everybody was hot. <laughs> oh, that's 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 a blast. A lot of stories, man. Just a lot of stories. So you know, she saw she saw love with Caroline Williams and scared the crap out of her. <laughs> it's probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. I uh, you know filming in the record studio with her in the ice tub, and I'm working the chase off her crotch, you know, and then uh, afterwards, I'm getting ready to get out of there, and nobody's, he's in the in the ceiling up there, and he's uh, yelling at me, and I'm going, I don't know, what what do you want me to do? He goes, well, that's like you're fucking her, that's what I want. And I go, okay, <laughs> get it. I say, like, two almost, like, we we saw a more human side of uh, Leatherface than we did in the uh, right. original, and so yeah, it, especially in Chainsaw Love, you get that like very uh, like, hormonal teenager like essence style of uh, Leatherface, and just like it, it captured you know it, it captured it perfectly, and then. You know, to hear you talk that you know you you're, you're not an actor and you're all you know all this, it's like, well, fooled me. <laughs> you don't know who's behind the camera. My gosh, I had Toby who was going nuts, and then uh, John Moyo, he's directing me. He's telling me, you know, giving me things to do. But there's a lot of stuff in there that I just did, you know, off the cuff, and uh, yeah, it worked. So I'm happy about that. But I don't profess to be an actor whatsoever because I know it's hard to do. I just, you know, you got to have that in you. I was just lucky enough to be able to uh, do things physically that, you know, people enjoyed. You know, that's all. So I, that was a good, good double. And then when I played myself, you know, I, I played it to the hill. Oh, yeah. Now, now I've handled some chainsaws. How, uh-huh. how many times... And how heavy was it to do the, you know, the chainsaw over the head and, you know, the, like, the, the iconic, like, Leatherface, uh, I guess, victory pose? Right. Well, the, the, the chainsaw at the time was the biggest one they made. It was 74 pounds. Well, when a, I did that that's little, a little kid. You know, yeah. Well, you know, I, I you got, I, at the time... I was very, very strong. You know, so that was not a real big deal to me. I mean, it was tiresome, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it was just, you know, and you're exhausted. So that's, but that's one of the reasons why Bill couldn't do it, because he couldn't lift the chainsaw. You know, and I, so I was very lucky in that, that aspect of it. But it was, it was crazy. And, uh, I had a, I had to buy some, uh, water skiing gloves, what I used, I got. Because the oil from the chain, you know, the motor, everything was live on the chainsaw, except that they built the teeth down. Yeah. And we had, from on set, because we do a fight, and we're popping chains, and so 
cut, we get another one started going and, and on and on and on. And in the movie, you can see a couple of teams come off. I, mean, uh, I was watching closely, but yeah, there were a couple that, you know, came off uh, during the shoot. They did take it out, but uh, it was crazy. And then after I broke my wrist, was trying to deal with this chainsaw cut into the Mercedes, but it hurt those two guys in the Mercedes. And I just twitched it the wrong way, and I heard the, you know, I heard the snap, and I heard mm. that my wrist snap. And I had to, I had, we had to stop. And one more scene on that, at that night was, uh, and Tom Morgan was there, who's another professional stuntman who did mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. He put on Leatherface, and he did the very last scene on the bridge. Rewatching two, and just watching the franchise, and it, it, it's interesting. You would think Leatherface would be the star of the franchise. But he's not. It's really the saw. Mm-hmm. The, yes. the, the chainsaw is the star. The saw is family. Yeah. You know, it's like there's this whole franchise built around an inanimate object. It's right. phenomenal. Crazy, because there's been, uh, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, I don't know how many. You know, the other face ones are, but it's all it's all dealing with the saw. Yeah, say, so, and, and there was one. The, the tie through is always the saw. Yeah, always. And there was a gentleman who I can't remember his name. He was on the Netflix one, and it was so bad. And until the very end, when he cut the the lady's head off, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And so, um, uh, Gunnar Hansen, who. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. He was in the, in the original, and uh, he uh, they asked him to come back. And he asked for the amount of money he wanted for the for the job, and they wouldn't go for it because they screwed everybody in part one. Financially, mm-hmm. they were just so screwed over, and um, so they wouldn't go for it. And that's when he got Bill Johnson had these really buggy eyes, and he's a big guy, and that's how he got the part. But then again, he didn't do anything in the movie, so. What are you going to do? Right. In your impressive career, what would you say is the most important thing you've learned that you would like to pass on to uh, future stunt performers and actors? You know, people ask me that. They say, well, I want to be an actor. I say, okay, good, go act. You know, now nowadays, you can, have, use, you can use your phone, and you can film a scene, and you can use that to uh, reach out to uh, agents and stuff like that, or community college, you know, community theater, which is another good one, just to get your chops. You have to learn, you have to, you know, and mm-hmm. I get this all the time, preparing myself. But, uh, again, like I said, jujitsu afforded me the ability to not get killed a lot by falling, you know, and uh, so we uh, almost almost 11 years, so I became a well, I have a third degree brown belt, one step to a black belt. And what is that? And like I said, it's preparation. And again, go back to myself, uh, two and a half years before I was uh, given a job. And in that two and a half years, I did everything you could imagine. You know, I, besides keeping physically fit, is learning learning the business, how to do studio fights. Which, And I had to learn how to do it left-handed because you never know when a, a right-hand punch won't work. Yeah. It all depends on what the camera 
So it's all preparation, you know, and it's consistently doing that. And uh, and it's the same thing for acting. You have to consistently go and do this stuff. And if you find that this is a drag, you're in the wrong business. It's you talk. I mean, you've heard so many times about people, actors who did everything in the world before they got a you know got a shot. But when they got a shot, you have you have to know what you're doing when you get that one shot. Because that'll break you or, or make you one or the other, and it's the same thing in the stunt community. You got to know how to do this stuff. You know, you get one shot, and that's it. So I tell everybody, be persistent. And it could be anything. Makeup artists, and I, I had a little girl going to me asking that. I said, "Well, make yourself up. You have a mirror. You know, do that yourself. Take some pictures. You know, and uh, go do YouTube, and then or go on uh, online and." find uh, in your local area, you know, who uh, maybe it's a, a makeup artist or maybe there's a little production company and you go on and, and like I say, just it's persistence in, in looking for work and the persistence in, in making yourself ready for it. Because you're going to get a shot. I don't care. It may take you years to do it, but you will get a shot. And that's all. It all depends on that one shot. Nice. So... You said you're retired. Do you do any sort of anything outside of traveling and conventions these days? Uh, that's it. Huh? <laughs> like I said we uh, we like to travel. Uh, I, uh, my wife and I are going in uh, May to Cancun, and then we're uh, going to New Orleans. I think in July for a week, and just that's what we do. We prepare to go to travel. Nice. And that's what we enjoy. Um, and then uh, doing conventions, it affords us that much more as far as, you know, traveling and all that. We, we've we got stuff we're coming up in 24 already. And, uh, you know, we're not looking out too far out, but we are we are trying to figure out we're going to do a big trip before we get too old we can't do anything. And uh, so we're going to do something. We haven't decided yet, but we're working on that. But again, I like going to these conventions because I like meeting people. I've got some outstanding individuals in, in all my travels and uh, it's so nice to talk to people about this stupid little movie and so many people it's more <laughs> popular now than it was absolutely well and you have more than just the one stupid little movie you have plenty to talk to people <laughs> about so I, I'd imagine you get a wide uh, you know array of fan I get bases. a wide range of questions yeah absolutely Say which leads me to uh, the, the one thing I'm really looking forward to when you come here is I will be hosting uh, me personally will be hosting your panel at Grand Comic Fest oh. so we get to continue this conversation live absolutely. in person. Uh, um, absolutely. So that'll be fun. Yeah, those are always fun. I mean, I don't care if you get one person in there or hundreds and hundreds. And uh, got some very unique questions I've had, stuff like that, and I love talking about it. Or, you know, so that's great by me. Oh yeah, I mean, you just said you, you have such a rich fil uh, filmography that there's so that, that, like there's so much that can be dug into, and I would imagine concussions, you know, you know, notwithstanding, uh, there, there's plenty yeah. uh, stories that can come from said uh -huh. movies. 
Yeah. I, you know, I did a lot of uh, with children episodes. I think 12 or 14 of them over the years. And those were always fun. You know, it was always a fight in a bar or something, and I got to do that. And uh, I was a pink lady on the big football team and stuff like that. So, so Mirror of Children. I did original A-Team. Uh, um, you know, I got in a fight with uh, Mr. T. So, I mean, on and on and on. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, there, see, there's a lot of stuff your IMDb doesn't even have listed. So No, it does not. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of the TV. I started out with doing TV. I mean, that was big, that was the thing going on because there was a lot of action shows and yeah. you know early and um, so that's what I was you know doing a lot of. Like I said, Remington Steel was my first gag gig, and I uh, um, played somebody's boyfriend who gets in a big fight with uh, Remington Steel and and then ends up dead in a car. So. And I took that job. I just got out. I'm even the day before I was in. I had my knee operated on, and I have. A, I had a soft cast on my leg, and I went the next day to go work on that show. So you know, I said I can't turn it down. That's the first one. So right, I went, and it worked out. I say, yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to you know, no one to take your shot. You get one chance, and yeah, I get the full goal. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I hung up, and uh, my wife goes, uh, "What's going on?" So well, I'm going to go. I'm working on Herman Skill tomorrow. And she goes, "He just got out of the hospital." So yeah, I'm going, and I did. Ironically, that's kind of how the your appearance at Grand Comic Fest went about. I'm sitting at home, and your agent called and said, "Hey, uh, you know, Bob's available. You know, I, I know it's uh, close to the show, but I was like." Let me call you right back. <laughs> and then I ran it through uh, the, the rest of the board. They hit him up. I was like, send me the contract now. <laughs> it's like, we will promote it like crazy. Come on. Just, just send me the paperwork. Let's go. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. I nice to meet you and, uh, and talk to everybody. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you go see uh, baseballs on Friday night. So, yeah, opening ceremonies, I think, are going to be really fun. Absolutely. So, listeners, if you are in the Midwest or just want to come out for the weekend, that's Grand Comic Fest in Grand Island, Nebraska, April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Opening ceremonies the night of April 21st. You can find out more on Grand Comic Fest on Facebook. Get your tickets at grandcomicfest.ticketleap.com just $10 a day, $15 for a weekend pass. Kids 12 and under are free. You can meet Bob. You can meet a couple other uh, Monster Mash alum like Wyatt Weed, Mark Atchison. Tons of great guests are going to be there this year. I mean, we have Wesley Year and Kathy Coleman from Land of the Lost. Uh, just it's a mind-blowing lineup this year, guys. Come buy your tickets. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a fun weekend. Make sure everybody comes out to the high. As always, listeners, you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or if you just want to look for me, you can find me over at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Moose Media Inc., Bob, this has been a blast, and I look forward to continuing this conversation. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it.
So, come out, come see us, come hang out, and... Absolutely, come on and say hi. You know, for those who miss it, we'll have Bob, we'll, we'll have Bob back on sometime, and we'll, uh, re, we'll, we'll rehash out the conversation you missed live. But... Yep, yeah, it time for you, absolutely. Just let me know, and I'm out of there. Until next time, more rounds. Mash on. This has been Bruce's Monster Bash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>